What's up, guys? Fenya from Faisa here. Very quick, I'm going to speed run the the podcast preview. Basically, I didn't have time to record this before, but yeah, we're going rapid fire. Dan is not here this week. Um, he was super busy, more busy than I was. So I'm trying to. I did tape study on on basically everyone. So I'm going to give you like quick takes on everyone. I just don't want to disappoint you guys. So yeah, um, we're going by topology from from bottom to top. Okay, let me check. Always have your energy drink at hand, obviously. Um, this is only 11 fights. Okay, so first fight is at um, women's featherweight. Wow, I, I thought this was 135, but it's featherweight women's. Um, Jocelyn Edwards versus Ramona Pascual. Um, so basically you have Edwards who is athletic. He, she punches hard on the counter. Um, she, um, she kicks hard, uh, but mostly with no setup at distance. She doesn't move her head a lot. And, and she can be taken down and held down, especially if you put her like flat on her back. Um, she ends up in the clinch a lot because she like, she crosses the field when she's, uh, flooring. Um, so she's easy to pressure, but she has power. She has power on the on the feet, and she has like very good ground pound. She can scramble too. Uh, Pascual, on the other hand, uh, she's very big, uh, like a legit featherweight. And um, I mean, I'm not sure like legit featherweight, but for sure bigger than Edwards. Um, she has decent leg kicks and and good good like hooks mechanics, but but she's not very crafty on the feet. She looks for clinch and knees a lot, and that could be dangerous. And has a very good decent has a very decent level change. Um she's heavy from top position, but but she's not very active and she's very tough. Uh so my prediction is that Edward will probably be faster with the hands and, and will land a distance. Um uh, Pascual is going to kick her leg probably and might have problems on the clinch. Ramona uh will probably take uh, Edwards down when she storms. Uh, but Edwards is faster and might win scrambles because she's faster to react. It's a very close fight, but I'm picking Edwards by decision. But Pasquale is a live dog here. Next fight, we're moving to women's strawweight. We have Silvana Gomez Juarez versus Na Liang. And we have Juarez that uh, haven't had the best of luck in the UFC. Uh, she's very heavy on the lead leg and she has a very powerful right hand for for 115. She pumps the jab and can close the distance uh, with it. Um, she can jab and low kick if she's put on the back foot. And she's pretty decent at catching kicks. So she she has some stuff going on on the feet. Especially when she starts pressuring, she has very good body shots. Like she used to, to box and it shows. Um, the problem is that she's a, like a sloppy scrambler. Uh, exposes her back a lot and is just there for the taking when it comes to submissions. Naliang on the other hand is like very high pace, strong from Brody Lock. She's big for the division and has a surprisingly good straight right hand. She rushes into the clinch a lot. It's very active on the ground, heavy on top. But uh, she goes for Ambar so that she can lose position. Um now, now we'll probably be able to grapple uh Juarez, but if she can defend and strike a scramble and take the fight, uh make the final last a little bit. Um, I don't think Na has the gas tank to survive that, and especially because Juarez seems to be very conditioned. He, she has fought five rounds in the past, 
and and she has the power. Um, so yeah, if if the fight goes long, I would pick Juarez, but I'm not confident. I'm picking Matt by submission on the first round. Then we have Mr. Perfect Kyung Hogang versus Dana Batgirl. This is bantamweight male. Um, so Kang has like clean one twos on the outside and this decent kicker, but like the cream, the cream on the bottom of his game is the grappling. Uh, on the feet, he, he doesn't move the head match, but uh, has very decent distance management. But the level changes are very good, despite him being tall for the weight class, and he's a very good grappler. That's that's is even better in transitions. He can be style for guard though. Like if he if you get close guard, you you might stop some of the movement there. But he's very dangerous, especially taking the back, and has many options. Uh, Dana on the other on the other hand is very powerful, has good counters both with the with the left hook and the and the right overhand. Physically very strong. She ma he maintains a good pace, and, but have we have seen him have trouble with straight shots before, and that's that's something of a concern against Kang. And he also has problem that he has problem leaving. Like he's powerful, but he loses stance. Like he crosses feet a lot. And he's a decent wrestler with powerful hips. But if you take him down and he cannot explode immediately, he can look a little bit loose. Um, early, I think Batgirl will be very dangerous. Um, and Kang, it's his high pace, but not always the best the best uh, guest, especially when pushing like, and his pains. But Kang has like the straight shot and the reactive takedowns that to put Dana on trouble. We haven't seen uh, Dana fight a lot of wrestlers in the UFC. I think a lot of people are picking Batgirl because of his KO streak that was ended uh, by Gutierrez uh, not long ago. But I'm picking Mr. Perfect Hyung Hokang by a grappling heavy de decision. Then we're moving to we're moving to lightweight. We have what? Kaiser Masehate versus Steve Garcia. Mahechate. <laughs> Mahechate is very big, like very big. And he also sounds very tall. Um, he's very athletic, but he doesn't have a lot of going for. I mean, he has good feeling for fighting, I think. He has very, very powerful hooks. He kicks a lot. And he's very, very tough. Um, decent condition, too. Uh, Garcia, on the other hand, is like kind of big for lightweight, not as big as Mahechate. Uh, but he has like the grips and, and faster hands, like just better mechanically with the boxing. He's created on the leave, mixes up combinations, especially when he gets people to back up. He has nice like bodywork with the knees and with hooks to the body. He's tough and tenacious. Um, this is not very high level, I'm gonna say. Both guys coming from contender series, but I think Garcia has like an experience edge and is more, it's like better school overall, even if. Mahechate is like the better athlete, so I'm picking Garcia by decision. Then we move into featherweight. We have we have uh, Sun Wu Choi versus Joshua Kulibao. Um, Choi, the thing is that he has like the 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 clean straight right and the big left hook behind it. He's long and powerful. He closes the door with the left hook all the time. Decent round kicks from distance. He's like kind of sneaky with the taekwondo style kicks. He has a strong color time, like not very, not, not like a deep uh, clinch game, but he has like good color ties with big knees. He has trouble tracking opponents if they're moving on the outside. He's, he likes to fight like on neutral space 
and we've seen that if you push him to to grapple, he can he can look a bit lost. But but yeah, uh, Kulival on the other hand, like you see decent kicks from the outside. Um, the, his thing is his thing is that he can punch off kicks, and he has also like decent counters, but can get sloppy leading with punching combinations. Like he start crossing his feet and he start having those those problems that a lot of fighters that rely on the counter have. But he can move on the outs and he can pressure. He's more versatile. I think uh, Kulibao's more flexible, as I just said, and has potential to get inside and bomb or drag the fight longer. He, he has advantage in those situations, I think. But I think, like, show is your cleaner mechanically. He's a bigger puncher. And, and Kulibao will fight him just where he wants. So I'm picking Choi by knockout in the first round. Then we have Jacob Malcolm versus Arnold. Uh, it's not Arnold Allen, it's um, Brendan Allen, yeah. <laughs> uh, Malcolm's kind of shaky on the feet, but he's a very tenacious wrestler. Like, he can shake takedowns, has a relentless pace, very tough, striking gets better when when he gets the level change going, like the, the overhand star appearing, the deep in jab, and he puts it together very well. He has incredible cardio, like, he can keep that pace going all night. He's he struggled for a lot of middleweights that can defend their, the wrestling. Um, Allen, on the other hand, like, he's a solid kicker and jabber, like, burst attacks well. He's, like, he's been with Henry Hoof with, for a while now, and it shows he has very good combinations. He attacks the body very well with just with roundhouse kicks and also with hooks. And his thing is, like, he's, Allen, he's, a, he's a very good scrambler. He's not, the, like, the best wrestler, but he's strong from body lock. His problem is that he can end up on the bottom here and there and get stalled, but he's good on transitions and has a lot of sub options. Um, it sounds like Malcolm has the potential to stand out and against the cage and get it takedowns, but the thing with Malcolm is that he's very like rinse and repeat style, so Allen is probably not going to get like trapped on the floor against him, and I think Allen like grappling my might provide some problem for Malcolm. If they had to strike, I gotta go with Allen. So I think Allen will put his combinations early together. We'll have enough enough grappling acumen to to keep Malcolm at bay. So I'm picking Allen by decision. Now we have at uh, welterweight we have Ramasan Amiv versus uh, Jack Della Madalena. This is a, a good one. Emil is like clean straight punches from distance. He's a good jabber. Um, he's not very good at putting like long combinations together. He's he's usually like two or three punches, and that's that. He maintains a steady pace, but has trouble like going into second gear. But has like good defense and measured footwork. I mean, he takes small steps. He can pivot. He's he's clean. He's clean, and he also has like a quick a quick snatch single. Solid, very solid from top control, and has like. Uh, he can get takedowns once to get up again, but he's not very dangerous from top position. Uh, on the other hand, we have uh, Della that's like always working behind the jab from both orthodox and southpaw. He has good use uh, of the of the lead hands to set up the the rear hand. Very good left hook, uh, uh, just both leading and in the counter. He's a dynamic scrambler. He's very strong and keeps keeps moving all the time, and that will probably be useful in this fight. Uh, where he chances where either when he gets like clean counter opportunities that not sure is going to present a lot against a Mib that is very cautious, but if he gets him against the cage, like he's a, a very good uh, swarmer. 
Uh, he has very powerful body shots, works around the guard, and move his head well while pressuring. But the thing is that, similar to like Justin Gagey, um, he's there all the time to be hit and he's going to get hit, but he's very tough and can maintain a, a ridiculous pace. Um, if Amiv if Amiv can get like the maintain distance and surprise with takedowns, I think he could win this fight, but I'm not counting on that. I think uh the pace of Della is going to be trouble with Amiv that like that likes to maintain like a steady pace, as I said. So and if they start trading in the pocket, I mean Della is more powerful and more technical there, like straight up. So I'm picking Jack Della Madalena by knockout second round. Now we have uh, Walter Wade again. We have Celtic Kid Jake Matthews versus Andre Fialio. Uh, Fialio looking to, I think he's looking to break a record for most wins in the less amount of time, something like that. So Matthews is like bonesy on the outside. He has good transitions. He's like an MMA native, like na- native. Started training very young. And his, his thing is that he finds like those strikes in the clinch. He has very good, uh, very quick level changes. His wrestling game is not very deep, but he has like explosive uh, level change with takedowns and he, he times the entries well. So he doesn't need to be like that great of a wrestler. And once on the ground, he's very solid. Like he's a good grappler. Um, he has powerful kicks, but the those are one of the things that leaves him exposed here and there. The boxing defense uh, leaves something to be desired too. Fialio, on the other hand, is like kind of foot slow in contrast to Matthews. Uh, pressures behind the jab. He has the front kick and the body kick and leg kicks. Um, not very defensive. Like he just stays there and looks for counters. But that left hook counter is is very powerful. He also has a right hand. Obviously, it's an interesting matchup with a lot of unknowns. Like Fialio had both success and trouble tracking Pereira around the cage in a different stage of their fight. So. Kind of hard to tell if he's going to like cut the cage effectively against uh, Matthews that is very movable, uh, mobile. Um, Fialio has a tendency like to live with the left hook and like uh, square up his stance, and that's where Matthews could find a reactive takedown. Uh, Matthews' pace and conditioning uh, should it's probably dangerous for Fialio if the if the fight goes on because Fialio throws very hard and I don't think he's casting his best, but. Um, kind of hard to trust Matthews in, in this fight because he's coming from a long layout and the, the bouncy in and out just seems like just asking for a left hook. So I'm picking Fialio by knockout on the first round. But but it would be it would be cool if, if Matthews put it together and won this fight. Now we're moving to the women's strawweight. We have the rematch between Joanna Joichenchik and Shang Wei Li. Uh, so you know, Joanna is the pace kickboxer, very quick hands. Uh, he has the he puts the the hands and the kicks together. Very good cage craft, like good footwork. Very very hard to take down. She attacks in all three levels all the time: head, body, legs, and understands well how to pair strikes. She also has like a very good eyes for punishing like bad habits. Her biggest flaw is that she stays on the on the pocket for a prolonged exchange and. And then her punching mechanics are not the best and she doesn't move her head a lot. So she can be exposed in those kind of situations. Willie, on the other hand, like is an incredible athlete, very quick and powerful. Can, uh, her thing is like moving in and outside. Um, she's kind of bouncy. She's very powerful, but the mechanics are not ideal sometimes. So maybe, so you can tell that 
she's putting a lot of power in the left hook, but when she connects, it's not always like uh, ending the fights with it. And she can surprise with takedowns because she's very, very strong in the clinch. I think the interesting he- thing here is that Joanna, I think, has more room to build on her success from the first fight. I mean, it's there was a few parts of the fight where it was very clear that she could have won there, but she kept like coming back through to make the same mistakes over and over again. And I think if she if she comes up with a better game plan, it's her fight to win. Wei Li, on the other hand, like doesn't have um, that, but has like more room to improvement because you can tell like she is still growing as a fighter. While while on the contrast, I think Joanna is a finish a finished product. Um, I don't know, man. It's very tough, but I I think this fight's going to be very exciting, just like the first one. Um, uh, I think Wei Li is like the right choice, but I'm. I think Johanna just put it together be- better this time. I think she's smarter, and I'm picking Johanna by by decision. We're moving on to the co-main. We have Valentina Shevchenko versus Tyler Santos for the flyweight title. So Shevchenko, you know her stuff, like the, the Muay Thai stance. And and she's all about the lead hook, like the check hook with the, with the right hand. Um and the powerful left kicks that's that's mostly her stuff um and she pairs with some interesting he has a little bit of flair here um she has the spinning the spinning back fist and the and the spinning back kick to pair and she used them as counters it's kind of interesting even though she doesn't land all the time but it's it's good additions uh the thing that makes valentina like uh, dangerous is that she has a good defense and has very good transitions to the clinch where she's very strong and has uh, a kind of deep arsenal of trips and takedowns and has very good finish on her takedowns. Uh, once Valentina is on top, she's not like like the most dangerous, but but she's very heavy, puts a lot of pressure. And if she can find the the crucifix, that's like, that's like her winning position. Tyler Santos, on the other hand, also very athletic. Um, some people, a lot of people don't know her, but might be surprised. Like she's a very well-rounded fighter. Uh, she hits very hard on the feet. Um, kind of smart. Uh, a little bit on the wilder side compared to to Shevchenko, that is more like clean technically. And Santos is like also has like takedowns in the clinch. She can shoot takedowns, and he's a very solid grappler. So it's very interesting to see. I think both girls are at their best when they are on top. So whoever takes gets the takedown first might get like uh, an early an early advantage on this matchup. It's actually um, the most interesting ma- matchup we've seen for Valentina in a long time. Um, the thing is that I don't think uh, Santos' striking style matches up very well with with Valentina. I think Valentina is going to, to fluster her. Uh, Tyler has pop, has power, and maybe she, that can make Valentina uh, more, more nervous than she usually is. But I think Valentina, if she keeps the left kicks going, doesn't get caught and keeps the fight on the feet and just gets takedowns on her own terms. I mean, takes the fight to the ground on her own terms. Should be Valentina's fight, but but don't don't sleep on Tyler Santos. She's a good fighter, and and you never know when these athletic fighters they make him they they make it to the to a title fight. They can always surprise. And she has the she has power on her hands and has the the top game to win this fight so 
I'm still taking uh, I'm still taking the easy pick here and going Valentina by decision, but but yeah, I mean, look out for this one. I think this one will be a good fight. I don't think Tyler will allow Valentina to to have a boring fight. I'm very excited for this one. I, I'm going to be honest here. And finally, we go to the main event. It's Glover Teixeira versus Chiri Prochaska. Um, so yeah, I mean, Glover is, is past it. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that um, he's not as, as powerful and fast as he was in his prime, but but he's still crafty. Like he has this boxing style where he he like walks behind a high guard, but still move his head here and there, like kind of peekaboo style. He he has the overhand and the and the left hook, so he's dangerous for both sides. He's not very crafty lately with the striking because he's not very fat. I mean, he doesn't put it together as well because he's not very fast and his style was very reliant on having palm in his prime, and he has lost a step there. But he's still dangerous. He he can still live with the left hook. He can still like um, just swing when when things get hard. The thing is that he has trouble seeing shots coming. And that's where he gets hurt a lot in fights. Then he has the the wrestling, and I think the the wrestling is that he ha- he has gotten better as a wrestler late in his career. Uh, he's still like obviously a very strong dude. Uh, Glover's whole thing is like the he has the like the single leg, a very a very fluid single leg. And he can also like if the single leg doesn't work, he can push you to the to the fence and transition to the double. And once top Glover is a monster, like best top game in the division, that's that's his his thing. Like very good. He he has no trouble like the the smash passes from Glover, and he has a a, a lot of passes. And he he has no trouble getting to mount against most people. And when he gets to mount, like it's just picture poison. He has the ground and pound. If you if you give your back that very good at finishing the rear naked choke and if you stay flat on your back it's either a ground pound or he's brilliant at getting the the arm triangle even if you go for for the single leg from half guard glover has a very dangerous guillotine too and he's very good at rolling with the guillotine so he doesn't end up on top in case he fails it uh, jiri on the other hand like the wild man uh, very unorthodox uh, but he has like good understanding of boxing fundamentals. I I think that's his thing. That's why he makes it work. Um, Dan has described him like as a as a budget Tony Ferguson. I I mean I see it. I I wouldn't put it that way. But yeah, I mean it's someone that that puts good concepts with kind of like janky application. The thing with Jury is that he's very long. He's very athletic, and he has good cardio too. He's He's crazy, man. Uh, the thing with Jiri is that he does uh, so much stuff that he can get lost in his own ideas and he gets tagged very often in fights. Glover might not be like the the kind of like dynamic puncher that Uzdemir or, or Reyes are, but he, he still has the big pop. And the other problem with Jiri is that even though he's very, he's very big, powerful, um, we, we've seen him t- uh, on, on his back uh not long ago so so yeah i mean if he ends up in his back against glover that could be very dangerous i think glover has a very decent shot at retaining the title but um i don't know i i gotta go with the shout um i'm picking jiri with a knockout on the second round and i think this is going to be a very crazy fight okay so 
yeah, those are all the fights. Um, sorry, I went so fast on this one, but I just wanted to like get something out for you guys. So yeah, I mean, support the fight side. Love you guys. Bye.